Today I get the awesome privilege of wrapping up our four-week series called The Gift, where we've looked at all the different gifts that were brought to Jesus by the Magi, the, the wise men of the East, and their meanings, what they reference, what they refer to. And, uh, and today is week four, the day before Christmas. But before we talk about today's gift, I want you to think of something. I want you to, I'm going to ask you a question. I just want you to ponder, trying to get you involved a little bit. I want you to think of what was the greatest gift you ever received. Just take 10 seconds and have a think back. Some of you it'll come like that. Others it might take a little bit longer. But I want you to think, why was it the greatest gift you ever received? Maybe it's because it's lasted you a long time. Maybe it's because of the person who gave it to you or the fact that it it met a particular need. Or There's various reasons why we decide that certain gifts are more special than others. For me, uh, it's a set of golf clubs that I received from my wife. Uh, as an engagement present. So I, I know, right? I mean, I, could, I couldn't do anything but marry her after that. <laughs> so I, I gave her an engagement ring. Uh, and then a, a month or two after we engaged, she said, I want to give you something. What would you really love? And I said, oh, well, I'd really love a new set of golf clubs. And, and she gave me a new set of golf clubs. And I'm like, my gosh, if only you knew that this meant I was going to be out of the house for hours on end. And... <laughs> But it, 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 it still remains for me the most precious gift she's ever given me, apart from herself and you know, her love and all that, but that's a different sermon, won't go there. Um, for, for various reasons. One, because it was from her. She knew that it was the thing I really wanted. Secondly, I know that it cost her a lot of money. I mean, a, a set of golf clubs, these are, um, are pings. Uh, they're very good quality and I had to go to Arizona to get them. And, uh, oh, I wasn't living here. I was living just over the border from Arizona. That sounded a lot more impressive than it. I flew to Arizona. Just No, I was living just over the border. Uh, the other thing is I, I still got them. 22, 23 years later, I got them in 2001. So 22 years later, I'm still playing with the same set of golf clubs. My handicap still is terrible, uh, but that doesn't matter. Every time I hold the golf clubs, every time I play, it reminds me of a Um... I get to share this gift with other people too, every time I play golf, and I never play golf alone, uh, I always play with other people, but every time I pull out a set of clubs, I think, well, I get to share this gift with other people, which is awesome. And today we're going to look at the most precious of all gifts. The series wraps up today, and four weeks we've been looking at the gift, the gift of gold, the gift of frankincense, the gift of myrrh, gold representing Jesus as a king, frankincense representing Jesus or, or defining him as the, the high priest, the one that stands in the gap, the ultimate healer, frankincense being something they burned in the temples and also having healing properties. And then last week we looked at myrrh, which is an interesting gift, but representing the fact that Jesus was born to die, born as a sacrifice, and that incredible gift he gave us, which was his own life. And this week we're going to look at the gift that is Jesus himself. I think I scored the lucky um, you know, week. I get to actually preach on the, the, the greatest thing of all, the greatest person of all, which is Jesus. Before we uh, get into it though, why don't we pray? Lord, we thank you for, for your son Jesus. Jesus, we thank you that you are here this morning. We thank you for, 
for all that you've done and all that you continue to do for us and with us. Lord, we would be nothing without you. And as we ponder today the the incredible gift that you are, Father, I pray that uh, we walk out of here knowing more about the sacrifice that you gave your son. Jesus, I pray that the reality of what you did and, and what you gave up is is cemented in our hearts and our spirits this morning as we walk out of here. And I pray that we all walk out of here with a fresh understanding of the incredible gift that you were for us and for those who don't yet know you. We thank you for your word. I pray that truth is spoken this morning. Anything that's not of you, I pray it falls by the way, so Holy Spirit, just fill me this morning as we open your word, and I pray that your word comes alive in all of our hearts. Amen. 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 One of the most famous scriptures in the Bible is John 3.16. It says this. You all know it, but I will read it. It will be on the screens. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. The gift of Jesus is God's ultimate demonstration of his love for us, his generosity. And if Jesus is the ultimate gift, then God automatically becomes the ultimate gift giver. And it says a lot about God, the fact that he would give us this precious gift. The giver of this gift was generous, was loving, was, you know, if you think about the gift that I asked you to think about at the beginning of, of today, you know, what is the gift that is most special to you and why? The gift of Jesus is special to all of us because God knew that we needed Jesus. God knew that this was going to be something that uh, somebody, a, a gift that, that was going to transform our life, that was going to allow us to have an eternity with him. There are so many elements to the gift of Jesus that makes it special. But it speaks of God's generosity and, and we know God is generous because if we open the Bible all throughout the history of the Old Testament, we see God giving gifts. We see his generosity. You know, in Genesis, at the very beginning of, of the Bible, God gave the gift of life by breathing into Adam. Later in Genesis, God gave the gift of Abraham, uh, gave a gift of, uh, of a son to Abraham and then uh, the gift of a nation. He gave Israel the promised land. He gave Solomon Wisdom and knowledge and riches and possessions and honour. He gave Nineveh a second chance because they turned back to him. And then in his ultimate display of love and generosity, he gives us his one and only son, the ultimate gift. And we read this in Matthew chapter 1. This is the angel speaking. She will give birth to a son and you are to name him Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Tomorrow we celebrate Jesus and and the incredible impact and significance that his life and death and resurrection has had for us and for billions of people all over the world for 2,000 years, and for the, for the significance and the impact that he's going to continue to have for as long as we are all here, for as long as mankind is on the earth. Uh, 
And can I encourage you, if you are on a journey of faith today, if you are perhaps distant from God or you don't know God or you're trying to work out who God is and whether he's worth following or or seeking out, this Christmas season, can I just encourage you to, to find out as much as you can about Jesus. Find out about who he was and how he lived and why he lived the way he did. Find out about his death and and his resurrection. You know, there's more written uh, testament and written uh, accounts of the life and death and, and, and resurrection of Jesus than there is any other historical uh, figure in the history of the world. But as you start to look at Jesus and his love and his generosity and his kindness and his gentleness and the way he embraced people and the way he went to people who were lowly and, and, and on the outer, something amazing will happen you will start to realise that maybe your view of God was either wrong or or that Jesus helps you fill in the gaps. Because the truth is, when you discover Jesus, you discover God. By looking at Jesus, we see the very heart of God. In Jesus, God shows us his complete and unconditional love. His generosity and his compassionate commitment to reconciling us, his creation, to himself. This whole series has been leading to this day and tomorrow the event where we celebrate the birth of Jesus. We looked in week one of the gift of gold which represents him as a king and that, that was significant because it, tell, it told us who he is. He is the king of kings and the lord of lords. Frankincense, our high priest, what he does, he stands in the gap for us. He intercedes on our behalf. He heals us. Myrrh, what he has done, he gave up his life as a sacrifice and he died and he rose again so that we could have eternal life and be reconciled with God the Father. And this week we look at Jesus. And in Jesus, we need to know what we have in this precious gift. So we're going to look at three things this morning. You know, Jesus is, is, you know, there's a funny saying, and, it, and it's often referred to somebody that is maybe not as, um, as welcome or not as enjoyable to hang around with. And we say this saying, we say, oh my gosh, you're just a gift that keeps on giving, aren't you? <laughs> but can I tell you that Jesus is a gift that just keeps on giving? The first thing we, we receive, the first gift we receive when we receive or accept the gift of Jesus, is the gift of salvation. The gift of salvation. Ephesians 2 tells us this. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace that you have been saved. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. This is reading from verse 8. And this is not from yourself. It is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. You know, one of the greatest truths in the Bible, if not the greatest truth, is that God offers us a free gift of salvation through his son, Jesus. It's not something we can buy. It's not something that we deserve. It's not something that we can earn. It is a free gift given, undeserved, you know, suppose you wanted to buy uh, an expensive gift for somebody. Uh, I know that when I bought 
Helene's diamond ring for our engagement. I spent a year looking online at diamonds. I, I found out everything there was to know about diamonds. I, internet had just arrived in Club Med. We were about 25 years behind the rest of the world. Um, and I had saved in the browser in my office uh, this site called, I think it was GIR, I can't remember, but it was all about diamonds, about the clarity, about the cut. And, and, and then a, about a year after I started looking at diamonds, because I knew that I wanted to propose to her, but I knew that I wanted to, to have something that was completely unique. I didn't want to just go into a store and buy her a, a ring off the shelf. I found myself living in Paris, and some of you know this story, and most weekends I'd catch the fast train up to, to Antwerp, which is the home of where they cut diamonds. They mine them in Africa, and then they send them to Antwerp, where the best diamond cutters in the world are. And I'd, I'd go and visit all these diamond people looking for the perfect diamond. And I knew what I could afford because I kept looking at my bank account. My bank account was getting fuller and fuller. And I'm like, I just, I want to empty my bank account. Oh, I, it wasn't that big, don't worry. I mean, there's a, <laughs> there was a, ooh. Yeah, no, it's, it sounds, I'm trying to build this story up. It sounds way more impressive. But I, I wanted to be able to look back and say, I gave her everything I had at the time. It was a very costly gift for me. But for her, it was, it was a free gift. It was free for her, but it cost me a lot. And that is the same with God's gift of salvation. It, it's, it's free to us, but it costs God everything. And the reason is that Jesus had to die in our place. He had to shed blood. He had to be the sacrifice for the sins that, that were our debt. You see, the story of Christmas is not about a baby being born it's, it's about a saviour being given. That's the true meaning of Christmas. The whole story of the Bible is, is an unfolding of God's redemption plan for humanity, a way of restoring into relationship that, was, that which was lost in the Garden of Eden. And without Jesus, all of us are separated, all of us are broken, all of us are lost, all of us have a death sentence that, that, that carries over us. And Jesus is the only thing that can remove that. The Bible says that before we found Jesus, before we said yes to Jesus, we were slaves to sin. And what's incredible is that even before the fall, even before Adam and Eve did what they did and broke covenant with God and, and, and caused all of humanity to be separated from him, which then set into you know, into, uh, into action, this constant, um, this constant thing of, of doing our own thing, of rejecting God and then, and then finding ourselves in a disastrous position and then, and then repenting and then God coming to save us. This, this, this cycle happens over and over in the Old Testament. And even though that happened for years and years and years and centuries and, and millennia, God still knew that he would come and he would send a saviour, a free gift, despite the rejection, despite us doing our own thing, despite us trying to work it out in our own way. God knew that the only way was to send this gift. You know, there are still billions of people today that don't know Jesus. I think the latest count, there was 2.2 billion people on the planet that have never heard the saving message of Jesus. And God knew this. So he started, even before the Garden of Eden, he started this plan of redemption. 
And it's hard to imagine that God chose us to be reconciled with himself through his son Jesus before, before the fracture of relationship even happened. He thought of us before time and the solution he had for that was a, was a gift. A gift of his son Jesus. Instead of abandoning us or retaliating against us, he offered us a gift the best gift that has ever been given, the ultimate gift, which was his son, Jesus. You know what's amazing about this is Jesus was there at the beginning of time. Everything, the Bible says that everything that was created was created through him and for him. And he's the perfect radiance of God's glory, the exact representation of God, but he chose to give all that up. To leave heaven and all its glory and, and to come and to pour himself out as a little baby. But as we know, if we read the Bible, that that baby grew up. The Bible says that, that Jesus grew in wisdom and stature. And he showed us what it was like to live a, a righteous and a perfect life. He showed us the heart of God because he lived his whole life for others. That's why I said at the beginning, if you're struggling with understanding who God is and you feel like maybe God's this distant, faraway person who only wants to judge you and discipline you and, and punish you, if you feel that he doesn't love you, just take a moment, take time and find out about Jesus. Because if you, if you find out about Jesus, you're actually finding out about God. Jesus left all that. He left heaven to come and to die on a cross and to conquer the sin that separates us from our Heavenly Father. The Bible says that for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. We read that and sometimes we, I think we get inoculated to the, to the incredible level of sacrifice that's involved with, with that little line in the Bible. God gave up his only son, the most precious thing that he had, so that we could be reconciled to him. But Jesus let go of, of a perfect, incredible, heavenly community. He let go of his deity to then come as a, as a man and empty himself and to die in our place. And because of Jesus, salvation is possible. It says that whoever believes in him shall not perish. That, that's unbelievable. That's a miracle. Salvation is a miracle. I had the challenging opportunity, the, the incredible privilege of being at a, a funeral on Friday. My brother lost his son um, finally to a seven-year battle of cancer. And even though he, he left way too soon, can I tell you that that hour and a half service celebrating Jacob's life was a celebration of a life well lived and, and a joy knowing that he was finally living his best life. I spoke to my brother just a couple of days before the funeral and he said this to me, he said, you know, as a, as a dad, all you want for your son and all you want for your kids is the best. And as hard as it is for me to know that Jacob's not around anymore, I know that he's now living his best life. And that's because of Jesus. The picture of Jacob at the front of the service had these words underneath it. Salvation is the greatest miracle of all. And I already have that. That's the truth. The second thing we receive when we receive the gift of Jesus is the gift of eternal life. 
Romans 6.23 says this, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. You know that a gift is opposite to a wage? A wage is something that you earn. A wage is deserved. You work for it. We earn death. We deserve death because we're born into sin, because we live against uh, the, the, the will of God unless we know Jesus. But a gift, in contrast, is given as a, 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 and, and, and as a result of the generosity of the giver. In this verse, we see that the, the gift of Jesus counteracts what was deserved. We deserved and we earned death because of sin, but, but eternal life is given as a gift from God. The word gift in this passage in Greek is charisma where we get the word charisma. And gift and grace is actually the same word, which means uh, grace is a present given as a, uh, a gift is a present given as a sign of good favour, and grace is something given that is undeserved. And it's actually the same thing. The wages of sin is death, but the gift or the grace of God is eternal life because of Jesus. This verse tells us that the gift of eternal life comes through Jesus. So when we receive the gift of Jesus, we receive the gift of eternal life. A gift that is undeserved and cannot be earned. But what's important to understand is it does require a response from us. Sometimes the the saving grace of God is, is illustrated in that picture of somebody out to sea drowning somebody who without somebody coming to rescue them is destined for death jesus is like a a rescuer like a lifesaver like a lifeguard like a coast guard like somebody who comes and reaches out his hand and says i've got you but the truth is even if he's got us we still have to accept his invitation to save us, to give us eternity. Some people won't. The person that's drowning doesn't have to accept the free gift of of life from the rescuer, from the Coast Guard. It does require something from us. The thing with eternal life, it's, it's really important to understand that it is so significant because what Jesus did and the gift that we receive in eternal life, it counters completely what took place in the Garden of Eden. We read this in Romans 5, and I'm reading from the message. So hopefully it's clear to understand. Here it is in a nutshell. Just as one person did it wrong and got us all in trouble with sin and death, another person did it right and got us out of it. But more than just getting us out of trouble, he got us into life. One man said no to God and put many people in the wrong. One man, being Jesus, said yes to God and put many in the right. All that passing laws against sin did was produce more lawbreakers. But sin didn't and doesn't have a chance in competition with the aggressive forgiveness we call grace. When it's sin versus grace, grace wins hands down. All sin can do is threaten us with death. And that's the end of it. Grace, because God is putting everything together again through the Messiah, invites us into life, a life that goes on and on and on, a world without end.
You know, physical death can be tough when you lose somebody. It's tough, and and Christmas is tough for some of us because we are having Christmases for the first time without loved ones. But for those of us who know Jesus, for those of us who know that we've lost people who have the gift of eternal life, the sting of death is removed. There is the grief of loss, absolutely. But there is also the joyous knowledge that that person is actually now living their best life, free of whatever was holding them back in this mortal life. And to be truthful, life is a vapour compared to eternity. We need to understand that we are not here for a long time. The Bible calls us um, um, you know, travellers through. We're just here for an instant, and then we have eternity to be in the reward and the presence of our God. So I, I know it's tough, and our family is feeling this more than we've ever felt it. We've had two people pass in the last couple of months. But can I tell you that for those who know eternity, the sting of death is removed and we have this joyous knowledge. That's the great Christian hope that, when, that after this we actually have our real eternal life with God the Father and that is because of the gift of Jesus. The third thing we get is the gift of transformation. When we receive God's free gift of grace and say yes to Jesus, we receive the gift of salvation, we receive the gift of eternal life, but we also receive the gift of transformation. And the process of transformation starts the day we say yes to Jesus. But again, it does require something from us. It's Christmas and we all have toys, we all probably have our favourite toys. Me growing up, I used to love playing with toys like G.I. Joe. I think I grew up in that era of the greatest toys ever. G.I. Joe, I had He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. I had Army Men which is just green plastic moulded things that you spend hours just... I think my favourite toys were Transformers, though. I think I was about 12 or 13 when they were introduced, and they were just the best. I still remember the song, Transformers, more than meets the eye. Yes. I don't know why it was that voice. I think it a bit nasally. Transformers, robots in disguise... I used to love them. I used to love thinking that what was mundane and ordinary and normal, which is a car or a plane or a truck, could all of a sudden transform into something incredible with power to change the world. And out of all of those things, Transformers are still a thing. They're the only toy I grew up with that are still around. You don't go and watch a movie about G.I. Joe or Army Men. Green little plastic army. I mean, that was in Toy Story, but they're useless toys. Transformers are still around. There is something significant and something attractive about the idea that we could transform and be, become something else. And, and I don't know about you, but me growing up, I, I used to look at superheroes and I used to look at the Transformers and I think, oh, wouldn't it be amazing if I could be something else or, or have the ability to change the world? Spider-Man is the most successful of all of those... Is it Marvel? Yeah, Gotta get, don't want to get the Marvel DC thing wrong. And the guy who created it, Lee Stanley. Stanley. I'm killing it, aren't I? We'll edit that for the tape. He said the reason that he has so much appeal is because of the mask. Everybody thinks they can be Spider-Man. Everybody wants to be somebody better than themselves. And, and it's true that in the Christian walk, we are constantly 
becoming a better version of ourselves. If we choose to keep our eyes on Jesus, we are constantly transforming ourselves into the version of ourselves that God created us to be. It doesn't happen overnight and, it, and it's not easy and it requires something from us. In fact, all the gifts of God require something from us. And I know that we talk a lot about God's unconditional love and, and it is unconditional. But the truth is that it's probably more accurate to say that the gift of transformation and the gift of life and the gift of salvation are an unconditioned. They're, they're given free. They're given because they were undeserved. They're given as a free gift. But they're, they're probably not unconditional because there is a condition attached to everything from God. And that is that we receive it. The condition is that we receive it or accept it or choose to trust and obey God. Because God's free gift is offered to everybody, but there are some people that are not going to receive it. So when it comes to transformation, it's important to understand that the day we say yes to Jesus, our spirits are transformed in an instant. We become a new creation. But outwardly, the things that people see, that takes a little bit longer. The, the physical, the emotional, the relational, the financial transformation that takes place when we follow Jesus requires us to keep our eyes on Jesus. You see, Jesus didn't come just to redeem us and save us and give us eternal life. It says in John that he, he, gave, he came to give us life and life abundantly. And that's in the here and now. Our eternal life has actually already started. And my encouragement to you is if you've been walking with Jesus a long time and your life is not significantly different to before you're walking with Jesus, then take the necessary steps to, to spend time with Jesus so that he can transform you. Some of us are okay with just accepting him as our saviour and locking our eternity away. But it was never God's design for us to then spend the rest of our life on this planet struggling. The reason that transformation is important is because the gift of Jesus is actually a gift to re-gift. We, we talk about re-gifting as if it's not something we should do. But to be really frank with you, the gift of Jesus is not just for you. The gift of Jesus is for you to re-gift. And the transformation that takes place in your life as a result of looking at Jesus and then becoming like him is so important in your ability to share the gift that you have. When people look at your life and you were once one way and now you are very different and you say to them, oh, that's because of Jesus, they're going to say, well, tell me more about that. It opens the way for you to share your gift. And that, that is what we're meant to do as believers. We're meant to be more and more like Jesus. The Bible says, uh, and let me just find the verse. In 2 Corinthians, it says this, And we all, with unveiled faces, contemplate the Lord's glory, are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is in the Spirit. Through our connection with God, 
and through our example in Jesus and through the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit, we are meant to be more and more like Jesus every day. But it says us with unveiled faces contemplating the Lord's glory. It's important that we focus on Jesus and spend time with him or we won't, won't be transformed externally. We'll have a, a heart change. We'll, we'll, we'll have our spirit alive. We'll have our salvation secured and, and our eternity locked away. But the transformation that people can see won't be as significant as it would be if we then said, you know what, I'm going to now, now that I've said yes to Jesus, now that I've accepted his gift of salvation and accepted his gift of eternal life, I'm going to embrace his gift of transformation. And other people are going to see that in you. We read a story of, of, of transformation that, that results in a whole city coming into relationship with Jesus. When Jesus meets the woman at the well, it, he broke so many protocols, but he knew he had to be there. And he had this conversation with this incredible woman who was broken, who was lost, and she says to him, how is it he, he, he requests a drink of water from the Samaritan woman? Um, firstly, a Jew talking to a Samaritan, that was a no-go. A, a man talking to a woman, that was a no-go. And, he says, and she says this, how is it that you, a Jew, ask a drink of me, a woman of Samaria? And he says this, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that he's saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. He would have given you eternal life. He would have given you transformation. He goes on to explain that anyone that drinks of this water will never be thirsty again. Of course, she wants the water, so he tells her to go and get a husband. And we know the story that we find that she doesn't have just one husband. She's had five and she's living with someone that's not her, her husband. And she finally says, anyway, I know that the Messiah is coming. And when he comes, he will proclaim all things to, be, uh, things to us. He will, he will tell us what's going on. And Jesus says to her, I am he, the one who is speaking to you. In that moment, her life begins to transform. And she runs off and starts to talk about Jesus to the city. But we read further along in the Bible that it is her testimony. Now, a testimony isn't just what you say. A testimony is, is what people see in you. It's the example of your life. Because of her testimony, many people came to Jesus. This was a woman who was broken. This was a woman that hided away in the shadows. This was a woman that didn't want to converse with people because of her sin and her shame. She was at the well at midday, which never happened. Yet, because of the transformation that started in her life, she ran off and people could see that she was changed. The gift of Jesus, the gift of transformation, isn't just for us. It's for others. And spending time with Jesus, following him, should change us. We should be more and more like Jesus the longer we walk with him. If you've said yes to Jesus, but your life doesn't look or feel abundant, like it tells us in John 10.10, 10, you don't necessarily feel like you're being transformed into his likeness daily, like the Bible says in Corinthians. My encouragement to you this Christmas is, don't just be satisfied with the gift of salvation and eternity. They're, they're amazing. But understand that the gift that you have received, people need to know about. Let his gift transform you from the inside out, not just the inside in. Keep your eyes on Jesus. The more you look at Jesus, 
the more you'll look like Jesus. The more time you spend with him, the more you'll become like him. Spend time with him in prayer. Open the Bible. Make this Christmas season the Christmas where you spend more time in his word than you ever have. Because Jesus is the ultimate gift. But he's not a gift just for us. He's a gift for everybody. And sometimes the way people find out about the gift that you have received is they see the effect that the gift has had on you. When we accept Jesus, we receive God's gift of grace, his free gift to us. We receive salvation because Jesus took our punishment and paid the price for our sin. We receive eternal life because Jesus conquered death and he rose again. And because of this, we get to live forever with him in eternity. And because of God's free gift of grace in Jesus, our lives can become transformed, an abundant life full of meaning and purpose and joy. James says this. We're going to finish with this. My dear friends, don't get thrown off the course. Every desirable and beneficial gift comes out of heaven. The gifts are rivers of light cascading down from the Father of light. There is nothing deceitful in God, nothing two-faced, nothing fickle. He brought us to life using the true word and showing us off as the crown of all his creatures. I'm going to ask you to stand. Wherever you are in your journey of faith, I have some questions for us to answer this morning. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. If you've never received the gift of Jesus, can I tell you that it is a free gift? That when you receive the gift of Jesus, your sins are forgiven. The debt that you carry is paid. You'll receive eternal life. You do not have to fear about what happens when you die. So many people live with this fear of what happens when I die. Automatically, your eternity is secured just by accepting the free gift. But you need to accept it. It is offered freely. But the condition is that you say yes. And I'm going to ask you this morning, will you say yes to Jesus? Will you say yes to the free gift that God is offering? A gift of salvation, a gift of eternity, and a gift of a transformed life. And all you have to do to say yes is say yes. I'm going to say a prayer with you this morning. And I'd love to know who I'm praying with and praying for. So in a moment, I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand and, and say, you know what, I'd like to pray that prayer this morning. I would like to accept God's free gift of Jesus. I would like to follow him so that my life can be transformed. If that's you this morning, with every head bowed and every eye closed, I'm just going to ask you on the count of three just to say, yep, that's me, Luke. I want to pray that prayer this morning. I want to receive that free gift. On the count of three, that's you. Just give us a wave. One, two, three. Fantastic. Great. I see that hand up there. A few hands up in the tiered section. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you. Anybody else would like to say yes to Jesus this morning? It's a free gift. You don't have to do anything. Everything was done when Jesus died on the cross. All you have to do is accept the gift. 
Fantastic. There's a few people raising their hands. I'm going to ask you just to place your hand on your heart this morning. And we're all going to pray this prayer together. Pray this prayer in your own way. Lord Jesus, thank you for the gift that you are. God, thank you for the gift of your son. Thank you for the gift of salvation. Thank you for the gift of eternity. Thank you that you took the debt that was mine and you paid it on the cross. And this morning I'm saying yes to accepting that free gift, that gift of salvation and that gift of eternal life. And Lord, I pray that you transform me into the likeness of you as I walk with you, as I follow you, as I trust you to work in and through me for all the days of my life. Amen. Amen.